Hey friends, welcome to the Her God Story podcast, where you will always hear a good story to encourage and inspire you in your walk with the Lord. I'm your host, Jody Caracosta, ministry leader at Somebody Cares American International, author and traveler on this journey with Jesus. If you haven't done so yet, make sure to like or follow this podcast on your favorite streaming platform so you don't miss any of our encouraging episodes. As we enter this U.S. presidential election year, we can expect divisiveness, accusations, and the assault on biblical morality to ramp up. There are crises at home and crises abroad. And while it's tempting to stick our heads in the sand and hope it will all blow away, we cannot afford to do that. You're likely familiar with the verse in Esther that says, who knows that you have come to your royal position for such a time as this. It's often quoted to encourage us in our purpose, but that's not the whole conversation or the whole verse. Things looked very bleak for the Jewish people living under Persian rule. Esther, as queen, was asked to intervene with the king, which could cost her life. She was reticent to get involved, after all. What could she do? She was cloistered away in her quarters until the king called for her. But in Esther 4.14, Mordecai challenged her and said, If you remain silent at this time, relief and deliverance for the Jews will arise from another place but you and your father's family will perish. And who knows that you have come to your royal position for such a time as this. It sobered Esther up to the reality of her day. Now, I'm not suggesting we join in divisive conversations and the fray. As believers, we do not use physical weapons or arguments to win the day, but we have spiritual weapons to enforce what Christ has already accomplished for us. This is what Esther did and she saw the results in the natural realm. My guest, Laura Allred, carries an Esther call on her life. If you listened to her story in episodes 58 and 59, you already know what amazing woman she is. If you haven't listened to those episodes, you might want to check it out after you finish this one. She is a wife, mother, and powerful minister of the gospel. Laura has recently joined a movement calling one million women and men, Esther's and Mordecai's, to the DC Mall to pray. And I'll let Laura tell you more about that. Welcome, Laura. Thank you, Jody. Thank you so much for having me again. I'm excited to be back with you. Laura, you have been serving as the young adult pastor at your church for several years, but recently God started speaking to you about a new assignment. Give us a little context and what the Lord began to stir in your heart. Absolutely. I um, In 20, 2020, right when the shutdown happened, became the young adult pastor at our church. Um, And I was a little bit um, shocked at that assignment myself because I am nearly 50 years old and most young adult pastors are young and cool and hip, which is not me at all. But I now see the Lord's strategy in it. Our young adult group grew. We experienced a move of God and revival. Um, But one of the things that quickly happened to me as I began to get a burden for Gen Z and the younger generation uh, as I was you know, building relationship with them, I began to see the need of the Lord to really break in for the younger generation. I began to experience the trauma that they've been through um, and just really a lack of biblical literacy um, and confusion. Um, it's the enemy really come in to steal their identity, to steal their innocence. And so I did what I, the only thing I knew today to do, and that was really to pray. And as I began to pray and intercede for this generation, the Lord began to unlock in my heart Um, the gift of tears and travail. Um, Several of the young adults that I 
have been discipling and mentored really struggled with same-sex attraction. Um, I don't know if you know, Jody, but one in five Gen Z um, in America, they identify as part of the LGBTQ lifestyle. And so I began to see this in our own ministry. And these were not kids that had just gotten saved and came you know, to the Lord, these were youth and young adults who were raised in the house of God. And so I quickly was just gripped with the need for a spiritual awakening for this emerging generation. And as that began to stir and grow in my heart, um, hours of travail and weeping and tears. And one of the verses that really um, stood out to me was Jeremiah chapter nine, verse 21, um, that says, that death has climbed in through our windows and through the, the, the walls of our palaces to remove the children from the squares and the young men from the streets. And I was seeing firsthand just this spirit of death really coming in for our youth and, and kids. And so I, I just was gripped um, for this generation and I've spent many years weeping over them and just really wanting them to desperately awaken to to the Lord and to his saving power. As I began to grow in a burden for this generation, I realized that apart from a move of God in the nation, apart from mothers rising up to be a voice, apart from a radical shift, um, this generation is is in, in big trouble. Um, we had a, a leader come and speak to us about um, pornography. And I Jody, listen, I was talking about these things with these young adults because I realized the church often is very silent on LGBTQ issues, on sexual immorality. They'll say, you know, don't have sex, but they don't teach us why. And so we had some experts come and share with us that most youth and young adults are exposed to pornography by the age of eight and nine years old. And so they are largely a generation that's been assaulted, right? They shouldn't, as children, seen these things. So I just um, in prayer became like, okay, Lord, you're, we're going to need a mighty move of God to shift this nation. And I was just beginning to be unsettled going, yes, I'm ministering to the one, but really we need to zoom out and look at the state of our nation and go, we need a move of God. We need the Holy Spirit to break in and for the tide to turn and for America to be turned back to God. One of my favorite verses, Psalm 102, 102.18 says, let this be written for a future generation that a generation that has yet to be created could praise the Lord. And I think in the church, we just have not been very forward thinking. We've not really been thinking about how do we build a legacy for the next generation. We're putting out fires, but we're not really discipling the younger generation. So we, we need a move of God in this nation. Yeah, and and you connected uh, once again with your spiritual father, Lou Engel, who had a burden on his heart, and the Lord asked you to step away from your job at the church. Now, I know you're a woman of faith, and God's provided for you in amazing ways throughout the years, but how did God confirm to you that you were actually to step away from a comfortable position at the church? I mean, it was challenging, but you know, financially, it provided some stability. Um, how did he confirm that you were step out of that and into a new assignment? Yeah, it was really interesting. As I um, became really a mother to these 200, 300 young adults that I was pastoring, 
at the same time, I began to start to feel an invitation from the Lord to a new season and kind of just a stirring in my spirit. And I realized the Lord was reawakening in me the call to pray for America. Um, you know, for those that heard the last podcast that I was on, I shared the story about how I did a prayer journey from Houston to Dallas to pray for the ending of legalized abortion. And I began to feel a reawakening again to a national call. Um, and and so um, I actually ended up, this was, I called Lou Engel and Therese Engel, my, one of my spiritual parents. And, and I just said, listen, I feel like transition is, is waiting in the wings and I don't know what it is. And we just began to pray together about what it could be. Um, and then several months later, actually, is when the Lord spoke to Lou, who, who's been carrying this vision for a million women for over 10 years. This was actually birthed in 2014. And I'll talk about that a little bit more later. But he began to, to feel this last April. The Lord spoke to him very clearly. Now is the time to do that. And so um, the weekend that the Lord spoke to him, a few days later, he called me and said, you know, and several of his other spiritual daughters and said, you know, I, I, I've heard from the Lord, like we, 2024 is the year that we're finally going to just really put feet to this dream of gathering one million praying Esthers and Mordecais to them all. And right away, I knew I needed to be a part of this right away. I, I I gave the Lord my yes. I didn't know what it would look like. And I actually talked to Lou and said, Lou, listen, I'm, I want to make myself available to you full time to help you. But I don't know what that looks like. And I you know, discussed it with my husband and we began to pray. And and we were in a meeting actually in June. It was a meeting for leaders um, at a church called Mercy Culture here in Fort Worth. And and the Lord just solidified my yes. And I'm sitting next to my husband and I hear the Lord say, Laura, you need to give this entire next year, give your life to helping to mobilize a million women on the mall. And I, I put my hand on my husband's leg and he was sitting next to me because in my mind, I'm, I'm committing my full time. Yes. And I'm saying to the Lord, you know, you're having this inner dialogue, not out loud. And I, I said to the Lord, OK, Lord, even if I need to raise my support. Um, yes, you have my yes. And so I, you know, said, you know, in this gathering, listen, I, I believe God's calling me to be a part of this full time. And just then Lou said, you know, he was praying. One of the pastors there was praying for me and Lou prayed, God, let this pastor, you know, pay Laura's salary full time this year so she can be a part of it. And within seconds, the pastor said, the Lord just spoke to me. I need to pay your salary, Laura, for this next year so that you can be a part of this movement. And, you know, I gave the Lord my yes before I knew what it would look like, before I knew the answer. And you know, just we read Bible stories. Noah gave the Lord his yes to build an ark. He didn't know that there was going to actually be rain and a flood. You know, Esther gave the Lord her yes to stand before the king. She didn't know whether or not she would have her life. And so I just, you know, many people are listening and the Lord's asking you to be a part of something big or the Lord's asking you to be obedient to something and you may not know how the Lord is going to work that out and work all the details out, but give him your yes and he'll take care of it. So, so the Lord, you know, paid my salary, you know, just provided supernaturally within minutes. And now I am the national director of mobilization for this event in the mall for the, in the mall next year. 
Yeah, that's amazing. I mean, so many times in my life, I have been in similar situations, not knowing exactly what direction God wanted me to go, but saying, Lord, I'm going to be obedient to you. Yeah, I'm going to be obedient. And always God works it out, always confirms it and provides a way, provides a way when there seems to be no way. Absolutely. Uh, And God had not only been working in your heart about this, but he was working uh, in other men and women around the country. Um, How was this vision really initially birthed? And what has God been doing to bring people who didn't even know one another to bring them together to serve together? Uh, This is such a beautiful story. This story is so much bigger than one person, two person, you know, two people. It's, it's, this story is about the nation. And I love how the Lord, as we just talked about, confirms and confirms again. And so it's exciting to share the story. Really, it started back in 2014. Uh, Lou and many others were at a gathering where the Lord apprehended the meeting. And it was a two hour prophetic prayer meeting. And, and out of that prayer meeting, the Lord make a, made a declaration and said that there will be a day that a million praying mothers and Esther's and Deborah's will gather at the mall in DC to pray that America would turn back to God. And in that prophetic word, it, it declared it would be such a time that it would be like a last stand for America. And these women would come in the spirit of Jeremiah chapter nine. I referenced it earlier, but Jared chapter, Jeremiah chapter nine seventeen says, consider and call for the morning for the wailing women call for them to come and make haste and to weep and to wail for us. And the reason the Lord said this in the time of Jeremiah is that the children of God had turned their backs against God so radically that the only remedy for the children of Israel, unless they would be pulled into captivity, was was intercession. It was travail. And I love what the Lord said through Jeremiah. He said, let them weep that our eyes may be filled with tears. In other words, the children of Israel, their hearts had gotten so hard and cold that the wailing women, the weeping women would provoke them to brokenness, would provoke them to repentance, would provoke them to humility. So this prophetic word is these women will come in the spirit of Jeremiah chapter nine. They will come with travail, the same travail that the Lord birthed in me as a young adult pastor the last several years. Um, and it's this deep kind of groaning that unless we have a move of God, so, you know, the nation will be lost. And so Lou Ingalls, since 1999, um, he, he prayed this audacious prayer. He asked the Lord, God, how can I turn America back to you? And from that prayer, the Lord led Lou to do the first call in DC with gathered almost half a million young adults and, and many, many other stadium gatherings around the nation. Um, and so the Lord is, is basically resurrecting that dream. It's like we, our nation, Jody, is in such an extreme crisis. Um, and the last 10 years, we've held this vision up before the Lord and said, okay, when is the right time? When do you want us to do this? I personally have been a part of several meetings with Lou, you know, and other spiritual daughters holding this before the Lord. Um, But now is the time we cannot allow 
these demonic ideologies that are coming in through our windows to steal our children, these transgender ideologies, this sexual perversion that is really stealing away our children's innocence and identity, um, we have to make a stand in the spirit. And so um, Lou had an encounter with the Lord on the airplane this last April on the way to California. And he is in the airplane and the Lord basically says to him, you cannot wait. You have to, you have to go. You have to push go on this movement now. So Lou began to pray and ask the Lord, you know, okay, God, if you're asking me to do this, I need some radical confirmation. This cannot be um, Republican. This cannot be Democrat. He began to ask the Lord, we need that African-American mothers to come to the mall and to meet us there and to cry out as Esther's for their children. We need, I just, I just need your confirmation on this. So he, you know, switched planes, had a layover, went on another plane and an African-American lady sat next to him. This was, you know, just hours after him praying that sat next to him and he said, she was reading a book and he said, excuse me, ma'am, what book are you reading? And he couldn't see the title and she lifted the book up for him to see. And it was called the Esther anointing. And right then he knew, okay, God, you are confirming this to me in a radical way. And he flew to California where this was April 13th. This is when he had this encounter, which is just reminds us of Esther 413. And the next day, Jenny Donnelly, who is a, a, a woman of God, an amazing apostle, was being prayed over by Cheon at this conference and set into her apostolic role. And it was 414, which is just the scripture you read, Esther 414. You are called for, a, for such a time as this. And they knew in that moment, this last April, that this is the Lord confirming again and again. And so the Lord spoke to Jenny years ago as well and said, you know, you're going to be a part of, of a movement calling a million Esthers to the mall, a million women to the mall in D.C. So the Lord is bringing all of these pieces together. Um, that coupled with really the crisis that is happening in our nation right now, we know that this is the time that we need to pray. It's so interesting when we talk about Esther, when Haman's decree went out, that her people would be massacred, that they, the decree that all the Jewish people would be killed. It says in Esther 3 that the city of Susa was in confusion over this decree. But Esther was in the palace, secluded and away from this confusion. So much so that when Mordecai was crying, she had no idea what was even going on. And there is a crisis happening in our nation. And very often I feel like the body of Christ is removed from the actual crisis because we're in our Christian homes, in our homeschool co-ops, potentially in our Christian private schools. And we are often not aware of the actual state of the nation. And we need to you know, make ourselves aware of the enemy, the same ancient principality in Jeremiah 9 that says it's climbing through the windows He's still after our children today in 2024. And so there's a crisis in our nation. And the remedy is we're going to pray and we're going to take a stand in the spirit and uh, we're going to fast and we're going to we're going to make some declarations in the heavenly realm. So take a little time and explain exactly what's going to be happening next year. I mean, it's not there. It is going to conclude 
uh, on, with a day of prayer in DC, but there's some other things that are going to happen that people can get involved in along the way. Um, so tell us what that is and, and really, you know, why is it this all so important? Yeah, we're, we're really taking this entire year to, um, make it strategic and to build strategy. We don't just want to show up at the mall for one day and just pray and then go away and walk away and go, well, we hope that did something. We know that prayer is powerful and prayer shifts things in the nation, but we really want to build momentum throughout this year um, so that when we come together in October, 2024, at the mall, we show up in strength and we show up prayed up. So there's several things that we're doing to um, mobilize to the mall in DC. And the first thing is April 11th through 13th, 2024. So 4, 11 through 13. Again, this correlates beautifully with the book of Esther. Um, we are going to do a three day Esther fast on the 11th, the 12th and the 13th. Mordecai presented Esther with the crisis and this demonic decree. And then Esther said, okay, we're going to fast and we're going to get a strategy. I'm going to fast. My handmaids are going to fast. Please ask everyone to fast with us. And we're going to believe that. It, and I believe that it was in that time of fasting that Esther rose up in bravery and in courage because up until that point, she was afraid, right? She didn't want to even reveal her true nationality, but she took those three days. And in those three days of prayer and fasting, the Lord infused her with boldness. The Lord infused her with anointing. The Lord released to her a strategy before she went to the King. So we're going to do something we don't know has ever been done before, but we're going to do the three day Esther fast as a nation, April 11th, 12th, and 13th. And on the 13th, which is a Saturday in all 50 states across the United States, there will be a prayer gathering at each state capital at 1 p.m., whatever time zone you are in. So wherever you're listening from, from around the nation, you can go to your capital on April 13th at 1 p.m. on your time zone and gather with other believers, men and women. And we're going to set aside this day. We're going to take communion. We're going to plead the blood of Jesus over our states. We're going to cry out to the Lord to begin to turn the tide. And we're going to do this. This is such a powerful prayer strategy that all 50 states are going to have a delegation taking communion, crying out to the Lord and fasting. So you can meet us at the Capitol um, and then we're going to continue to mobilize. So um, so then on October 12th, 2024, we are going to meet at the mall in Washington, D.C. October 12th, 2024 is the Day of Atonement. And this is such a powerful, significant day in the spirit. We feel really strongly that it needs to be specifically on this day, the Day of Atonement, the day that a nation is held before the Lord and the Lord decides whether or not that nation is blessed or is cursed because of the sin and the weight on that nation. So we're going to go to the to the mall in DC. We're going to pray. We're going to fast. We're going to, as a company of women and Mordecai's, declare to the spiritual realm, you cannot have our children. 
This is not wrestling against flesh and blood. But let me tell you, Jody, the demonic realm is being strategic. They are grooming our children in public schools. Um, there's one story of a, a mom in Colorado who, you know, she admittedly says, like, I was a Christian, but I was just a nominal, mediocre, naive mother. And my daughter asked permission one day to go to to stay for an after school art program. And she said, sure, of course you can. You know, art, we we love art. But when she got there, it was actually a a class and an art, uh, an art club that promoted transgender sexuality and the LGBTQ agenda. It was not advertised as such, but there was an outside a person that was brought into this club to teach the children about, about transgender, about that you know, they may not feel comfortable in their bodies. You know, you can be a different, you can choose your gender. And just was, this mother was like, just shocked that this was so blatant um, and this is what's happening all over America. I mean, across states, there are parental rights that are being held at jeopardy where in some states, children, minors can do life altering sterilization treatments and begin to transition without even notifying the parents. This is a demonic ideology. And we as mothers in the nation need to pray and take a stand and do what Esther did. She prayed, she fasted, and then she went before the king and she took a stand and she shifted things, not only in the spiritual and supernatural, but also in the natural. And as women and mothers, we need to not shy away from, from, you know, saying we want our children to be, to be safe. You know, we want their innocence to be protected. We want their identities to be protected. We don't want books in our children's libraries that are advocated, that are basically child pornography. We're going to, we're going to take a stand in the spirit and hold the line. So April, we're going to fast and pray. And then in October, we're going to meet together at the Capitol and we're going to contend before the Lord and before the nation. So Laura, how can people find out more if they want to get involved and even if they want to help get the word out, um, where do they connect with this movement even now? Oh yes, absolutely. We, this is, you know, we're going to gather a million women. This isn't an um, all hands on deck moment, right? And so if you are listening to this and your heart is stirred, the first thing I want you to do is is save the date and meet us at the mall and commit and commit, you know, to be there at the mall and to bring 10 friends with you. Um, you can go to a millionwomen.org and follow our journey there. We will be uploading all kinds of information. Um, we'll give you um, things that you can post on your own personal social media pages. We'll give you ways that you can help us mobilize. That's a millionwomen.org. And you can also go to don't mess with our kids.us. Now, don't mess with our kids is a grassroots movement that's basically trumpeting to the spiritual realm. The, these ideologies, these demonic ideologies have got to stop. And so that's a grassroots movement. There's a lot of resources there. We're using the hashtag don't mess with our kids. Let me just tell you quickly in Peru several years ago, there were there was a law that was on um, on the Peruvian 
you know, in the Peruvian law that was um, that you were not allowed to address somebody by a different pronoun than what they chose. And so even if it was not their birth identity, if you address them as the pronoun that they were identifying as, if other than what they were identifying as, you could be put in jail. And so a small group of believers rose up and decided, look, enough is enough. And they went to the streets and they began to say, don't mess with our kids. And, and the prime minister got ousted as a result of Christians taking a stand. The prime minister was ousted. The, the George Soros removed his funding from the country of Peru because he was wasting his money. Millions of believers took a stand and uh, this is the hour, this is the time for America to take a stand and to draw a line in the sand and say, thus far and no more, you cannot have our children. So go to don'tmesswithourkids.us and you'll be equipped with lots of tools there. You know, I said earlier that you're a, you have an Esther's call on your life, but that Esther's call extends to every Christian woman to intercede for our families, to intercede for our communities, to intercede for our nations. As we close, Laura, are there other insights you can give us about Esther and Mordecai's story that are relevant for this season here? Absolutely. You know, the, at the date of this recording, um, just yesterday, a, a friend of mine who's living in Israel right now, they're in the middle of war, you know, with Hamas. She sent me a beautiful image that is, and it said, and I believe this is a prophetic declaration. It says, Esters of the world arise. And I believe it's time. Esther is so full of revelation for this hour. We could do a whole series just on Esther. When we, uh, years ago, we used to think of Esther as this beautiful pageant story and, you know, a girl from obscurity rising to, through pageantry and becoming the queen. It was this beautiful story of, you know, oh, it's just, you know, almost like a fairy tale, you know, but it's a much it's a much more tragic story than that. But I, I want to say three points about Esther um, that really stood that are standing up out to me specifically regarding this movement. The first is this Mordecai called Esther into her destiny. And it's a beautiful picture of men and women working together. But we need the men in our lives to to release us into the full destiny. And Mordecai put a demand on Esther. Mordecai called her out and said, daughter, basically, because he was raising her like a daughter, now is your time. So this movement is not a feminist movement where we are rejecting men or, or taking the reins. We are doing this side by side, Esther's and Mordecai's. The second thing is, is that Haman was mad at Mordecai because he would not bow. And that's what caused the uprising. And I think the Lord is calling the church right now to not bow to these demonic ideologies that are trying to bully us into silence. We need to rise up and not bow to these ideologies. And yes, it might, it'll probably cause a stirring, right? The, the, the demonic realm and, and those that, um, you know, don't know Jesus. 
and might see this as a political, you know, a political move. They're, they're not going to like Christians standing up and saying God made male and God made female. But we need to not bow in this hour and and just say we believe in the Word of God. We believe that the Lord made man and female, and we we're not going to we're not going to shrink back from that truth. The third thing is Esther had to decide if she was going to move in authority and boldness. Esther was hiding in the palace. And her full identity was even being hidden in that moment as she was not admitting that she was an Israelite daughter, that she was a Jewess. She was blending in with the culture. She was blending in as a Persian woman. She was not standing out as a woman of God, the woman of God that she was. And so women, we need to decide if we can take on the mentality, if I perish, I perish. If my reputation is obliterated, if people say I'm being too radical, Esther had to decide if she was going to lay down her reputation and lay down her life for the sake of her people and for the sake of our generation. And without being overdramatic in the spiritual realm, that is exactly where we are today. And as women of God, we need to decide if we're going to move into our full identity, use our voices, let go of our reputation and make a stand for the gospel of Jesus in our nation in 2024. Esther is such an inspiration. You know, I also think about Mordecai, as you were mentioning, that he was the one who really encouraged uh, Esther to step into her identity. But because Esther did, Mordecai also stepped into his identity and the role that God had for him. Because without Esther's uh, pleading before the king and the removal of Haman, Mordecai never would have stepped into his position as prime minister over that nation. So it is when the Mordecais and Esthers work together that everyone steps into the full position and role that God has intended uh, for the good of the whole nation. Come on. Absolutely. So beautiful. As Laura mentioned earlier, Jeremiah 9 calls for women to cry out, even with tears over this destruction taking place in the land. But in verses 23 and 24, God reminds us of his love and his mercy. The New Living Translation says, don't let the wise boast in their wisdom or the powerful boast in their power or the rich boast in their riches. But those who wish to boast should boast in this alone, that they truly know me and understand that I am the Lord who demonstrates unfailing love and who brings justice and righteousness to the earth, and that I delight in these things. I, the Lord, have spoken. God delights in love. God delights in justice. He delights in righteousness. He doesn't delight when people are uh, far from him. He delights in bringing them together in his love. He responds to those who call on his name, those who spend time getting to know him. So we can be encouraged that when we know the Lord, we see that his character is good in every way. And then he does everything out of that goodness for the good of those who love him. Laura, would you take a moment and lead us in prayer? Absolutely. I'd be honored. Father, I just thank you, God, for every heart that is listening to this podcast. Father, I thank you for every destiny, God, that's represented. Father, I thank you for what you are calling these women and men 
um, to be a part of, Lord, I thank you that you are calling them to step on to the stage of history and to be a voice, to stand on the wall for their families, for their children, for their grandchildren, for the future legacy, for the kingdom of God to come to this earth. God, I thank you that it's not by our own might or power or skill or articulation, but it's by the very living, the power of the living God that you are equipping us that you are giving us the opportunity, Lord, to stand on the wall for our nation and to be a voice. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus that you would heal the foundations of this nation. God, I pray that you would push back the demonic ideologies and spirits that are pursuing our our children, our youth, our young adults that are trying to... um, uh, really rearrange Lord, our families. God, we say our nation, the nation of the United States of America is in desperate need of a move of God. We say that America will turn back to you, God, and that you are going to call a million women to the mall to pray, to cry out, Mordecai's and their children to stand before you, to hold the nation before you and say, don't forget America. God, would you pour out your spirit in revival? God, would you give us the the tools of reformation that we need to turn the heart of this nation back to you? God, I bless every family that's represented by those that are listening. Lord, would you turn our hearts back to you? Bless this nation. Pour your spirit out. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. You know, friends, I often talk about joining together to help widows and orphans around the world, and and we can and need to do that. But we also need to join together in prayer for our families, our communities, and our nations so we can see millions of people come to the knowledge of God and His goodness and be saved. It is only as the knowledge of the glory of the Lord increases in the earth that true justice and righteousness will be seen. Thank you for tuning in. In our show notes at hergodstory.org, you'll find scriptures, the websites, and the other information we talked about. You can also get a six-week devotional on women of the Bible to download for free or purchase a 12-week devotional that we'll send you for just $12, knowing that all the proceeds go to our Widow and Orphan Fund. We'd love to pray with you on our 24-7 prayer and text line. So give us a call or text anytime at 855-459-CARE or email us at prayer at somebodycares.org. And now, dear friends, I bless you from Jeremiah 9, 24. May you be one who boasts in the Lord. May you truly know him and experience his unfailing love, justice, and righteousness in your life. For he delights in those things and in you. Her God Story is a ministry of Somebody Cares America and International. To find out more about or support the ministry, go to somebodycares.org.